0: They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. I'd like to thank Indeed for supporting the Peter Schiff Show podcast. You know, I'm a small businessman myself, and so every single hire needs to be just right. That's why I'm working with Indeed. You can get started right now with a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com Peter. The offer is valid until March 31st. Terms and conditions do apply. It was a day of rising prices Oil in particular continued its ascent, closing the day up better than a dollar a barrel, back over $58 a barrel, quickly approaching that $60 milestone, which I do expect oil to exceed before too long. But it wasn't just energy prices that were going up. It's going to be more expensive to eat as well as drive your car, Grain prices across the board, corn up about 3% on the day, wheat 2.5%, oats, soybeans up about 1.7%, but again, not just agriculture, not just energy, metals up across the board. I mean, no one really noticed a 1% move up in the price of gold. That's not that big a deal. Silver was up about 1.5%, but look at some of the moves in Other metals, platinum was up 3% on the day. That's a pretty big jump there. But look, even copper was up 1.5% on the day. Zinc up 1.5%. Aluminum up uh, 1.1, about the same as gold. 1.3% jump in the price of tin. Uh, But the big move in price, and the one that I really want to focus on today, is Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin is all the news today today. Because Elon Musk came out and announced that he used $1.5 billion of Tesla shareholder money to buy Bitcoin. The news broke this morning in a SEC filing that I think at the beginning of this year, so in January of 2021, Tesla basically said that it intended to invest in cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin in particular, it also left the door open to buy gold, gold bullion, gold-related ETFs, although I don't believe that Tesla really has any intention to buy any gold. I think it probably just put that reference in there to try to compare Bitcoin to gold, to make that false comparison that Bitcoin is some digital equivalent of gold when it's not. Musk is not doing this because he is concerned about inflation and he wants to protect the purchasing power of Tesla's balance sheet from inflation because if that really was his concern, the last thing he would do is buy Bitcoin. He would actually be buying gold. I think the reason that Tesla is buying Bitcoin is because they wanna help pump up the price. And I think obviously Musk knows that by announcing to the world that Tesla owns $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin, that that announcement in and of itself is going to make the price of Bitcoin go up. Now, for a while, I was kind of speculating on this podcast and on Twitter what exactly Elon Musk's intentions were when it came to Bitcoin. You know, was he just trolling the Bitcoin community? Was he teasing them? And it It started to look more like he was when he began heavily touting Dogecoin rather than Bitcoin. In fact, he took the Bitcoin symbol uh, off of his Twitter bio and just kept relentlessly pumping Dogecoin. In fact, he continued to pump Dogecoin on Twitter yesterday and all through the day today. No mention of Bitcoin, yet repeated tweets about Dogecoin. And so that change of focus specifically on an altcoin that was launched as a joke kind of made me think that he was letting people know that everything was a joke. But I also did speculate when a lot of people were saying, hey, Elon Musk is really considering buying Bitcoin once he started talking positively about it and once he did put that hashtag Bitcoin on his Twitter bio, there was a lot of noise out there on the internet that this meant that he was going to buy Bitcoin. And what I said on this podcast and on Twitter was that I didn't think it meant that at all. I think either it meant he had no intention of buying Bitcoin or it meant that he already had bought Bitcoin. Because I thought that if I were Elon Musk and I was gonna buy Bitcoin, and obviously to move the needle, you gotta buy a lot of Bitcoin if you're the richest man in the world that the last thing I would do is telegraph my intention to buy Bitcoin before I bought it. I would make sure that I bought all the Bitcoin that I wanted to own before I let that cat out of the bag. And that is exactly what he ended up doing. Although he did it through his company, Tesla, not personally. Now, there are a lot of people that are speculating, that well, maybe Elon Musk did in fact buy some Bitcoin for himself as well as buying it for Tesla. And I tend to doubt that because that could be considered insider trading. I mean, the fact that Tesla was buying all this Bitcoin was insider information. It wasn't public. And so he had this knowledge and clearly that knowledge would not necessarily move the price of Tesla, but it would clearly move the price of Bitcoin. So if you have this insider information that... Tesla is buying a bunch of Bitcoin and then you go and buy it for yourself, that could be considered insider trading. Also, to the extent that Musk gets a better price for himself than he gets for shareholders, it could be seen as diverting opportunities that should have gone to shareholders to himself personally. So I think there's a lot of potential legal problems and I think it would have been wise for Musk to try to steer clear of those and just let Tesla buy the Bitcoin. Now, I think it would have been better if Musk bought the Bitcoin for himself and bought nothing for Tesla shareholders. I don't think it is responsible or right for any of these companies. Michael Saylor at MicroStrategy or uh, Elon Musk at Tesla, neither of these companies, CEOs, should be using shareholder funds to speculate on a cryptocurrency. I mean, it'd be the same thing as, you know, buying lottery tickets with shareholder funds. It makes no sense. Now, if you believe what, let's say, Michael Saylor is saying, because I didn't even hear uh, Musk talking about this at all today, but I saw Michael Saylor on CNBC, you know, congratulating Musk for his shrewd move. But when you hear Saylor talk, the reason that they are buying Bitcoin is as a hedge against inflation. Because the Fed is printing all this money and therefore you can't just hold cash. So you need a hedge and they're buying Bitcoin. But if you're really worried about inflation and you're wanting a hedge, the last thing you would do is buy Bitcoin. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, what Tesla could do if it was legitimately worried about inflation and its impact on the cost of production of its cars, because obviously Tesla has to buy a lot of raw materials. I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast how the prices of all these materials are going up. So the cost of producing automobiles is going to go higher. And Tesla knows they need to produce automobiles in the future. And it makes sense if they have a bunch of cash that's just eroding away in value and you're gonna need more and more cash to buy raw materials, why not store gold? because the price of gold will go up along with the price of these other raw materials that you need. Now, it's a lot more expensive for Tesla to start stockpiling steel or copper or other metals that take up more space that it might need in the future. It's a lot easier for Tesla to own gold and then in the future use its gold to pay for those other commodities that it actually needs because historically, There is a relationship between the metal gold and the other metals that they need in the production of of automobiles. But there is no historic relationship between the price of Bitcoin and the price of anything. Bitcoin could just as easily crash as the price of all the other metals that they need to buy are going up. So what Musk is doing is just speculating with shareholder funds on the direction of Bitcoin. And that is not his job as the CEO of Tesla. Tesla's an automobile company. MicroStrategy is a software company. They're not there to gamble on Bitcoin. Shareholders are free to gamble on Bitcoin with their own money. Not every shareholder of Tesla is also bullish on Bitcoin. I mean, basically what, Musk is saying to his shareholders that own Tesla, but who don't want to own Bitcoin, sell Tesla. I don't want you as a shareholder because you only buy Tesla to the extent that you're also a bull on Bitcoin. What the responsible thing to do is either pay out the cash to your shareholders and let them invest it in Bitcoin or simply make public that you think Bitcoin uh, is something that people should buy and let people make the decision if they want to buy it don't make that decision for them. In fact, that's why the price of Tesla stock did not really react the way a lot of people probably thought it would. It didn't get a big bump. It was only up about 1%. So I'm sure there were a lot of people that were looking at this from a very skeptical perspective. I mean, sure, some people might think, oh, just being associated with Bitcoin, uh, that's gonna cause more buying to come into the stock. And that may be true, but it may also cause some selling of current shareholders who are not necessarily enamored with the prospect of this company, you know, buying a bunch of Bitcoin. Other stocks that are more associated with Bitcoin where the shareholder base already knows they're involved, like PayPal was up about 5% on the news. That's a new all-time high. Square up 8%. These companies are making money off of Bitcoin. So clearly a higher Bitcoin price, more interest helps their business models. MicroStrategy, of course, doesn't really do anything with Bitcoin other than hodl it, right? It's basically a quasi Bitcoin ETF at this point. MicroStrategy was up 35% on the day. I mean, that gain dwarfs the increase in the value, I think, of their Bitcoin today. So why are people buying it? I guess people are buying it as a proxy for Bitcoin. And maybe they don't want to buy the Grayscale Trust, which was up 20% today. So that's a pure Bitcoin investment, only up 20%, whereas MicroStrategy, which supposedly is a software company, actually got a bigger boost than Grayscale. In fact, interestingly enough, the Grayscale Trust didn't even make a new high, even though Bitcoin itself made a new high on the day. As I am recording this, the price of Bitcoin is over 44600 So it's an all-time record high. Despite that, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is not at an all-time record high. And the reason for that is that the premium has come way down. At one point, that premium was close to 40% today it's under 10%. I think intraday it was trading for a while pretty flat to maybe a 1% or 2% premium. I think by the end of the day that premium might have peaked up back up to about 6-7% or something like that but nowhere near as high as it once was. But Tesla's stock only up 1% and the question is where is Tesla's stock going to go from here and why is Elon Musk doing this? Why is he taking... Tesla's balance sheet and putting it into Bitcoin. I mean, personally, I think that Musk wants to support the Bitcoin bubble because he also wants to fuel the bubble in Tesla itself. And so I think by having solidarity with other bubbles, and I do think that there are some common shareholders, people who are speculating in Tesla and who are speculating in Bitcoin. So I think you do have some commonality, but I think it draws attention away from the bubble in his own stock and to try to dismiss the idea that Bitcoin is a bubble and get people to thinking that, well, you know, it doesn't matter the intrinsic value of Bitcoin, right? It just can keep going up. I think that allows Tesla stock to keep going up and take some of the pressure, I think, off of his own bubble. At least maybe that's in his mind. Now, we'll see. I mean, maybe as far as investors are concerned, this will be kind of a jumping the shark type moment for Musk at Tesla. Maybe this could end up being the pin that pricks the Tesla bubble. That would be kind of ironic if it was another bubble that was the pin to prick the Tesla bubble. Now, of course, Fundamentally, there's a real business at Tesla. So when I talk about a bubble in Tesla, it's merely about valuation, right? What is Tesla actually worth based on its potential as an automobile company or maybe whatever else it can evolve into? But if you think that the price has gotten way out of whack with what is a realistic probability of the present value of its future earnings, then you have a bubble in an asset, right? It's just overpriced. There is a real price for Tesla. We don't know what it is. I just think it's substantially below the marketplace. That is in contrast to the Bitcoin bubble, where Bitcoin, I think, has no value whatsoever. So I think the whole concept is a bubble. The whole cryptocurrency, all these 8,000 plus cryptocurrencies, it's all part of one gigantic bubble. I don't think any of them have any value. And I think eventually they're all going to come crashing down. So there you have a different type of bubble. It's not just a bubble of valuation. It's not a question of Bitcoin being overvalued. I don't think it has any value. So I don't think it matters what price you have for Bitcoin. I think no matter what price you pay, you've overpaid. You know, one of the more interesting aspects of this whole announcement, I think, is the way the financial media, particularly CNBC, because CNBC is what I was watching, but there was nonstop coverage. I mean, they did not stop talking about this all day long, right? I mean, every single segment, there was a story about Tesla and and Bitcoin, and they had one guest after another commenting on it. And the interesting thing about it was they were all bullish. Everybody was congratulating Elon Musk. Now, most of the people that they invited on were in the crypto industry or had a big personal stake in Bitcoin. And so this is the news that they've been waiting for, right? The richest man in the world committing shareholder money to Bitcoin. And everybody is thinking this is just the beginning, right? This is going to be like dominoes. Everybody is going to follow in Musk's lead. And and so everybody is going to keep on buying Bitcoin. And of course, hopefully this doesn't happen because corporate America is already in bad enough shape. So if we were to flush a lot of our retained earnings down the Bitcoin drain, that would just make the financial problem for the United States even worse. But it's obvious that all these individuals who were congratulating Musk and talking about what a shrewd move and talking about the implications had a vested interest in this happening. I mean, there may have been a couple of people that came on that were a little bit unsure of this and how it was all going to end, but I didn't see a single guest come on CNBC and basically say this was crazy this is inappropriate bitcoin's a bubble it's going to go to zero i mean there was nobody really critical of what musk did i mean there was a little bit of talk about hey was it appropriate for musk to buy bitcoin and then tweet about it after he already bought it and kind of pump it up after he'd already bought the bitcoin That was the only kind of criticism that I saw. And a lot of people ended up saying, well, you know, it's not really a security. So maybe he's, you know, it's not technically a pump and dump. And we don't know if he's actually sold any of his Bitcoin into this hysteria. But I didn't see criticism as far as why he's doing it. The fact that he took all this shareholder money and used it to speculate on Bitcoin. You know, ironically, I think Had Musk made the same announcement with respect to gold, let's say Tesla came out and said, hey, we have a filing with the SEC and we just bought $1.5 billion worth of gold because, you know, we want to hedge our balance sheet against rising raw material costs, against inflation, prices are going up, so we don't want to just sit in cash. Uh, we want to hold something that has a better store of value that we could use to buy you know our imports in the future that would have made sense I bet that announcement would barely merit a story on CNBC. I mean if they even brought it up it would have been you know just a, in passing and of course if they had brought any guests on at all it would just be to make fun of Elon Musk. Hey why are you buying gold? What are you doing buying buying that? I mean what you know was you know they they would have looked at it as if it was something weird or out of left field to buy gold as an inflation hedge, but they don't think there's any problem with Elon Musk using Tesla funds to buy Bitcoin as a supposed inflation hedge when it's not. And all of this made Grayscale extremely happy because as I am watching this nonstop positive coverage of Tesla's decision to buy 1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin, I'm constantly seeing all these drop gold ads from Grayscale and to buy Bitcoin in the Grayscale Trust. And you know, this is interesting. And maybe some of the the Bitcoin hodlers, I mean, the ones that still listen to my podcast, here's some food for thought. Why is it that the financial media wants everybody to buy Bitcoin? I mean, it's pretty clear that that's what they want. I mean, CNBC in particular wants every one of its viewers To buy Bitcoin. I mean, they are doing everything they can to promote Bitcoin, to tout Bitcoin. Why is that? Now, they don't do that with gold at all. I mean, the last thing CNBC wants is for one of their viewers to buy some gold, right? They have no positive stories really about gold. That should be a problem for a lot of these, uh, you know, Bitcoiners that think they're so anti-establishment, right? Because the establishment is behind Bitcoin, right? They want you to buy Bitcoin. They don't want you to buy gold. Why do you think that is? The reason is that gold is actually a threat to the whole fiat-based monetary system. It's a threat to the big banks. It's a threat to the government. So the financial media doesn't want that. They want to protect government from that threat. Bitcoin isn't a threat to the government. It's not a threat to the monetary system. It's only a threat to the public. It's only a threat to the people who are buying it. And CNBC couldn't care less about their viewers who are throwing their money into this Bitcoin pyramid scheme. That doesn't matter to them. They care about protecting the financial system that is their bread and butter and protecting their advertisers. So that is what they're doing. I own several small businesses myself. And when we're talking to business owners, we get it 100%. And when it comes to hiring, every single hire needs to fit just right. Our team is small. So one wrong move by one hire can have devastating consequences. That's why I want to talk to you about Indeed. Indeed Indeed.com is a hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with instant match. Indeed searches through millions of resumes in their database to help you find great candidates instantly. So you can concentrate on the part that you do best, meeting and hiring the right person. Unlike some other hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality shortlist faster. With Indeed, there's no long-term contracts. You can pause your account at any time and you only pay for what you need. With Instant Match, you'll see a list of great candidates right away. And Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the other job sites combined, according to Telenest. So if you want a quality shortlist fast, you need Indeed. Right now, get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com Peter. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. You can get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com Peter. Indeed.com slash Peter. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Another part of the announcement was that Tesla will soon begin accepting payment for its automobiles in Bitcoin. Now, of course, this is a pure marketing gimmick, not really for Tesla, but for Bitcoin. Again, this is meant to promote the false idea that Bitcoin is a medium of exchange. And therefore, Tesla would accept Bitcoin as payment for its automobiles. Because first of all, none of the automobiles are going to be priced in Bitcoin. If they're selling Teslas in the United States, they're gonna price them in dollars. If they're selling Teslas in Europe, they're going to price them in Euros. The only thing they'll let people do is effect a payment for a Bitcoin equivalent in either the dollar or the Euro at the point of sale. And of course, that's gonna involve some other costs associated with the volatility of Bitcoin on a you know hourly basis or however much time is going to transpire between the agreement to buy the Tesla and the time it takes for the Bitcoin to actually transfer from the buyer of the car uh, to Tesla, so that's going to simply add to their transaction costs. It makes no sense. I mean, first of all, most people who have Bitcoin don't wanna spend their Bitcoin on a Tesla. They'd rather spend their dollars or their euros. That's why they're owning their Bitcoin. They're owning it to hold it, not to use it to buy a Tesla. If, for example, somebody does wanna sell their Bitcoin, they'd probably just sell it before they went shopping for a Tesla and then use their dollars or their euros that they got as proceeds for selling their Bitcoin to buy a Tesla. So this is really much ado about nothing because it's not really going to happen to the extent that there are some token purchases made where people actually send their Bitcoin as payment for their Tesla versus selling their Bitcoin first and then sending their dollars or their euros. Because of course, what's Tesla gonna do when it gets the Bitcoin? It's most likely gonna sell it. Although Tesla did leave the door open to holding some of the Bitcoin or all of the Bitcoin proceeds, when it gets it, and I've talked about this in the past, that that is not a good way to buy Bitcoin because then you're buying based on when the seller decides they wanna sell. Now, of course, what Musk could do, let's say there's a big drop in the price of Bitcoin and then somebody wants to use their Bitcoin to buy a Tesla. Well, maybe you'd hold it at that point because you'd make a decision, hey, maybe this is a good time technically to buy. Although if there's a big drop in the price, that's probably not when somebody wants to use their Bitcoin to buy something. They're probably more inclined to want to spend their Bitcoin after it jumps up in price. right? And that would be a bad time for Tesla to decide to keep the Bitcoin in exchange for its car because it may buy some expensive Bitcoin and then the price drops and the entire profit margin on the sale has been eradicated. You now, ironically, as I mentioned earlier, if Tesla wanted to accept payment in gold, I mean, that would make more sense because gold is far more stable and it would make a lot more sense for Tesla to hold on to gold because it could use that gold uh, as a medium of exchange to pay for um, other raw materials that it needed and wanted to buy in the future, but it didn't have the capacity to store them today because of the cost involved in storing metals that are far less valuable. And so therefore you would have to store Uh, very large quantities that would be cumbersome and expensive, far easier to store gold. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, look, you can't just ship all these gold bars around. You don't have to, right? You can do it with ETFs or you could do it with depository receipts where gold is left with a trusted custodian And all that changes hands is title to that gold. I mean, you can move gold around. In fact, people keep telling me that, well, gold doesn't work in the digital age. Gold actually works better in the digital age as money than it worked before we had a digital age because gold worked as money as backing for currency. That's what gave currency its value was the gold that backed it up. So you would put your gold with a bank or, you know, a goldsmith originally and then a bank, and the bank would issue you currency, paper currency, or a bank deposit, right, that was backed by that gold. Well, the same bank, the same goldsmith, or any company, rather, could issue a digital currency backed by its gold in the same manner that they used to issue paper currencies backed by gold. But that digital currency would be far more easy to transact in than the paper currency. So the fact that we have the Internet, the fact that we're in the digital age, that makes it even easier to use gold as a medium of exchange than in the past. The only thing making it more difficult is government. Government is running up the cost of doing that because they don't want people to do that. And because they don't want people to doing it, they're using the power of regulation to stop people from doing it. But absent government, Gold would work perfectly. It would work better now than ever before. The reason that government isn't all over crypto is because, as I said, crypto's not going to work. Crypto's not a threat to the government, it's just a threat to the people who bought it. But I think one of the most comical natures of all of this coverage is the way people are talking about Dogecoin. I mean, in particular, I saw several people, Mike Novogratz comes to mind as one of them who were really criticizing Musk for touting Dogecoin, right? They're they're giving him nothing but props for pumping Bitcoin, but they're really making fun of him for promoting Dogecoin. And the same thing, uh, the anchors on CNBC, everybody is saying, well, he can't be serious. I mean, Dogecoin's a joke. I mean, why would you want to promote Dogecoin? I mean, Bitcoin is the real deal, right? Bitcoin is great. Bitcoin is digital gold and Dogecoin is a joke. Dogecoin is nothing. The fact of the matter is, Dogecoin is as much digital gold as Bitcoin. That is the joke. That's why it was started. In fact, from what I know about Bitcoin and Dogecoin, Dogecoin is actually better at being Bitcoin than Bitcoin. That's because Dogecoin is an improvement. On Bitcoin. It came later and it actually fixed some of the bugs. Now, I don't know about all of the other 8,000 plus cryptocurrencies and how they compare uh, to Dogecoin or to Bitcoin. But if you just want to go head to head between Bitcoin and Dogecoin, Dogecoin is the better cryptocurrency. Now, why do I say that? Because I'm not a fan of either one, right? I mean, I wouldn't buy any of those cryptocurrencies. But if you are a crypto person, if this is what you believe in, then Dogecoin makes more sense than Bitcoin. And what doesn't make any sense is to try to say that Dogecoin has no value, Dogecoin is worthless, and Bitcoin is digital gold, when substantively, there's very little difference between those two cryptocurrencies. So you can't argue that one is worthless and a bunch of nonsense, yet the other one has all this value. I mean, it, either they both have value or neither of them have value. But if you look at the, the differences, which are very slight because they're, they're pretty much the same, but if you look at the way the Dogecoins are created, right, the way they're mined into existence, the total supply of Dogecoins can grow by 5 billion per year, That is the rate of inflation in Dogecoin. Now, it may sound like a lot. Oh, 5 billion new Dogecoins uh, a year. But, you know, there's a lot of Dogecoins already out there. So I think if you go forward for about 20 years, and I'm not using the exact numbers, but I think it's about 20 years, and every year there's another 5 billion Dogecoins added to the total supply, it equates to an annual rate of inflation of about 2% per year. So 2%. Uh, money supply growth per year. If you're looking at Dogecoin as money, that is very similar to gold. Historically, the uh, quantity of gold due to mining has increased by about 2% per year. Now, some people might say, oh, that's not good. That's too much inflation. No, it's not. I mean, it's never prevented gold from being a store of value. The fact that its supply grows slowly and rather predictably, over time. I mean, some years it could grow a little more, some years it could grow a little less, but over time, you know, it's a pretty steady appreciation. And remember, the world population is expanding, so you have more people, and capitalism is lowering the costs and increasing the supply of other goods and services. So gold supply going up by 2% per year could still equate to gold gaining purchasing power on an annual basis because the supply of other goods and services could be expanding more rapidly than the supply of gold. So the extent that Dogecoin mimics gold closer to Bitcoin because Bitcoin has a hard cap at 21 million. Now, a lot of these Bitcoin fanatics say that's what makes it so great because we know exactly how many Bitcoin there's going to be whereas we don't know exactly to the ounce how much gold there's going to be, not knowing exactly how much gold there's going to be has never stopped gold from being money. I mean, it's been money for thousands of years, and that's never been a problem. So why should it suddenly be a problem now? And if it's not a problem for gold, then why would it be a problem for Dogecoin? Now, if you take a look at the increase in the supply of Bitcoin over the next 20 years, right? The inflation rate there is lower. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Maybe it's about a half a percent a year, right? Because the supply of Bitcoin is going to continue to grow. It's not going to hit 21 million for many, many years. So there is still a annual rate of inflation in Bitcoin relative to Dogecoin. And that rate of inflation is a little bit less. But why should that disqualify Dogecoin from being an alternative to Bitcoin? But If you actually wanted to use Dogecoin as a medium of exchange, it's far more efficient than using Bitcoin. It's a lot cheaper. And because the supply continuously grows and isn't capped, the transaction costs are not going to explode at some point because it's going to be so expensive to mine those last few coins. And the miners are going to have to charge a huge fee to the network, to anybody who wants to transact in Bitcoin. The transaction costs in the future are going to be much, much higher than they are now. That won't be the case with Dogecoin. So if people actually wanted to use Dogecoin for the purpose that Bitcoin was intended to be used for, remember, it's called the digital currency, right? It's not if they didn't name it digital gold, right? That they invented that name when it didn't work as a currency. But the initial purpose of Bitcoin was to be a currency used as a medium of exchange, It was supposed to be ideal for small purchases, uh, cross-border payments, things like that. And it was supposed to circumvent a lot of the government rules and regulations that are now applied to Bitcoin. But if you actually wanted to use a cryptocurrency as a currency, it is far more efficient. The transaction speeds, the cost, all of that favors Dogecoin over Bitcoin. Right. All the other properties are basically the same as far as the visibility, portability, uh, uniformity, um, durability, all those characteristics that Bitcoin shares with gold. Dogecoin shares those same characteristics with gold. The difference is it's a much better medium of exchange than Bitcoin. Now, the Bitcoin uh, promoters are going to say, well, it doesn't matter that Bitcoin isn't a good medium of exchange because that's not its use. Its use is digital gold. I get that, but that's only its use because its primary use failed. And so this was the secondary use that was adopted to salvage the whole thing. Aha, it's digital gold, it's a store of value. But if it can't function as a medium of exchange and it has no real use, it's not used in jewelry, it's not used in industry, it doesn't have an alternative use and it's not a good medium of exchange, what are you storing when you're storing it? What is the value that you're storing? There is no value if Dogecoin actually functions as a medium of exchange, then it would be a better store of value, because I guess the value you'd be storing is the ability to use it as a medium of exchange in the future. But if Bitcoin doesn't possess that value in the present, why would it possess it in the future when Dogecoin already possesses it? The only difference is recognition, right? More people know about Bitcoin than know about Dogecoin, right, so you have, you know, it's more popular, but that can change, right? How many people knew about Facebook the day it was launched? Well, people were still using MySpace. MySpace had a bigger network than Facebook, but Facebook was better. And so pretty soon Facebook overcame the first mover advantage that MySpace had. That same thing happened with search engines. I mean, Google was not the first search engine. I remember using all sorts of search engines for years before I eventually started using Google Google wasn't the first one. It was just the best one. I mean, so far, I mean, somebody might come up with a better one. But the ones that were first, I mean, they're not even around anymore. And in fact, I think Elon Musk gets this because I think one of the reasons that he started pumping Dogecoin is because he mentioned in an interview, that one that he did on Clubhouse, that he's a fan of Bitcoin but that he's late to the party and he realizes he's late to the party. And if you're late to the party, why show up? I mean, if you know you're late to the party, why buy now? I mean, you would have to think the party was still early if you wanna to go to it. You don't wanna go over to a party just before it shuts down. But I think what Elon Musk is trying to do is start a new party in Dogecoin where he can be early. And basically, try to replicate the success of Bitcoin with Dogecoin because, after all, if Dogecoin is better at being Bitcoin than Bitcoin, then why can't Dogecoin have the same type of rally? I mean, of course, one of the reasons that Bitcoin became so popular was this false idea that all the rest of these uh, cryptocurrencies, you know, were shitcoins and none of them matter. That, that that Bitcoin was the only true crypto. Uh, And so if it's got to share the stage with other cryptocurrencies and it takes away some of that allure, you know, that's part of the the false claim that Bitcoin is scarce. Yes, it's scarce in the sense that there's only 21 million Bitcoin. But again, that means 2.1 quadrillion Satoshis, right? It doesn't sound that scarce when you start talking about Satoshis, right, there's 2.1 billion of those. So Satoshis aren't scarce in that there's plenty to go around. Everybody can have a few Satoshis right in the world if they want one. They just everybody can't have a Bitcoin. But since Bitcoin is divisible, everybody can have a piece of Bitcoin if they want it. But the whole idea is that, well, if you want Bitcoin, uh, you have to buy one of these 21 million. And so therefore, it's scarce. But If that's only if you want Bitcoin, if you want a cryptocurrency, they're infinite because anybody can create a cryptocurrency. That's why there's 8,400 and some odd of them out there, right? Because they're so easy to create. The barriers to entry are zero when it comes to creating a cryptocurrency. That was the point of Dogecoin to show how easy it was to replicate Bitcoin and to actually improve on Bitcoin. And so the potential supply of alternative cryptocurrencies that actually improve on the original design is infinite. And so that is the problem, because if Dogecoin is actually as good as Bitcoin or better, and if people start buying Dogecoin, what does that mean about Bitcoin? What if people stop buying Bitcoin and start buying Dogecoin? But of course, if Dogecoin is can replace Bitcoin, well, then what's going to replace Dogecoin, right? If Dogecoin ever does. Now, of course, right now, Dogecoin is still not even number two when it comes to total market cap. Right now, it's number nine, but it's not even eight cents. Now, in fact, Dogecoin, you know, kind of backed off, I think, a little bit today because maybe Musk kind of let some of the wind out of the Dogecoin sale because maybe people were speculating, hey, he really likes Dogecoin, not Bitcoin, well, I wouldn't be so sure that he hasn't bought any Dogecoin because just because he disclosed a $1.5 billion purchase in Bitcoin, the filing doesn't say that they can't buy other digital assets. And knowing Elon Musk, based on the track record that he now has, my bet is before he started pounding Twitter about Dogecoin, he loaded up on it. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, Tesla, has also got a bunch of Dogecoin that it purchased. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you're going to buy Bitcoin, you might as well buy Dogecoin, especially if you're spending so much energy on Twitter tweeting about it. I mean, there's over 8,000 altcoins that he could be tweeting about. Don't you think he's going to tweet about the one that he owns? I mean, I thought that he pointed to it because that was the one that was created as a joke. And so I thought he was playing a joke on his Twitter followers by adopting that one. But it seems to me that it's more than humor that he's interested in. He's probably trying to talk his own book. And this is a party that he's arriving to a lot earlier because after all, Dogecoin is only eight cents a coin. And that's a long way to go. And of course, I think a lot of people, a lot of these small uh, speculators, I mean, what do you want to buy? A Bitcoin for $40,000 or Dogecoin for eight cents? You know, it seems to me, that $0.08 cents for Dogecoin, a lot of people are going to say, hey, that's a much better deal. I mean, all it has to do is go to a dollar. That's nothing, right? A dollar. You know, a lot of people, when they split a stock, they get all excited. I mean, they don't realize that the price is irrelevant. You know, you have to relate the price to its earnings or to something like that. But when it comes to cryptocurrencies, the price doesn't relate to anything because there's nothing there. But the total market cap of all of the Dogecoins in circulation is is barely above $10 billion, whereas the market cap of Bitcoin is $820 billion. So you're getting close to a trillion dollar market cap on Bitcoin and Dogecoin is only $10 billion. I mean, from a speculative point of view, it seems to me that there's a hell of a lot more upside in Dogecoin than there is in Bitcoin. You know, everybody keeps talking about Bitcoin flipping gold, right? Bitcoin is going to take gold's market share. Well, I think Dogecoin's got a better chance of taking Bitcoin's market share than Bitcoin has of taking gold's market share. After all, Dogecoin and Bitcoin have a lot in common. I mean, they're basically the same. It's just a different label, slightly different, you know, dynamics at play. And as I said, I think that if you look at the two side by side, that Dogecoin is actually the superior cryptocurrency to Bitcoin. It just came later. It didn't come initially. And so you have a bigger installed base right now. But that's not set in stone. I mean, everything changes. I mean, look at what's happening uh, with Instagram. I mean, people are on Facebook and Facebook is still popular, but not nearly as popular as it used to be because a new kid on the block came along, Instagram. And I know Uh, Zuckerberg recognized the power of Instagram. That's why they bought it. But a lot of young people, right, they started leaving Facebook. It wasn't cool anymore because their parents were on it. Their grandparents were on it. So then they they went to Instagram or some other uh, media sources. I mean, the same thing could happen as you start to see these institutions getting into Bitcoin. Hey, you know, what's the cool thing? Ah, I want to get into Dogecoin. Right. I mean, this thing, you know, to me, again, I'm not encouraging people to speculate on it, just like I didn't encourage people to speculate in Bitcoin, although people that ignored that advice and bought Bitcoin have made a lot of money. It seems to me that people may make a lot of money buying Dogecoin. And what's really funny is that when I talk about Dogecoin or I see people talk about it, the people who are the biggest critics of Dogecoin are the the people who want Bitcoin and they don't even see the irony of that because everything negative that they're saying about Dogecoin can be said about Bitcoin, yet they don't understand it. They don't even see the similarities or the irony of their own inconsistent positions in being anti-Dogecoin and being pro-Bitcoin. But that is also part of the problem with Bitcoin is because in order to validate its position of digital gold, it has to be unique. So therefore, you have to say that all these other cryptocurrencies are nothing unless they have a use. See, this is the common thing. People say, well, other currencies have to have a use case. So unless you can prove that you have a use case, then you're going to go to zero. Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency, supposedly, that doesn't need a use case because it's digital gold. Why? Well, because they say so. Why isn't Dogecoin digital gold? I don't know. It's as much digital gold as Bitcoin is digital gold or any of these other. In fact, as I said, to me, Dogecoin is more similar to gold than Bitcoin because the supply of Dogecoin kind of grows at a pace that is kind of equal to the way the supply of gold grows. So they they seem to be more similar in that respect. Of course, they're not similar at all in that. Dogecoin has no actual use, just like Bitcoin has no actual use. But it's just, I get a kick out of watching these Dogecoin critics just laughing at it, how stupid it is and how dumb it is. And why would anybody do that? And people are going to lose all their money buying Dogecoin. They should be buying Bitcoin when the exact same arguments could be made against Bitcoin. As I said before, when you live in bubbles, you don't throw pins. And I initially said that with respect to Elon Musk and why I thought that he was reluctant to talk about Bitcoin as a bubble because he's living in a bubble in Tesla. Well, all these people who are these big Bitcoin proponents who themselves are in a bubble should not be throwing pins at other crypto bubbles, except the Bitcoin bubble requires you to do that because in order to continue to inflate the Bitcoin bubble, you have to deflate these other bubbles or make sure the air doesn't go into those bubbles because you want all that air to be sucked up into Bitcoin. But they have no choice. So they've kind of backed themselves into a box where they have to criticize Dogecoin. But in so doing, they're actually undermining Bitcoin and they don't even know it.